0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Little. I'm Brad Coima of Coyman-Kamig KMIG out of Sioux Center, Iowa, where an arc might be needed for you guys before day's end. I understand that you guys have had precipitation all day today in the form of rain switching to snow later on
1: yeah it uh, when i left work this morning about seven we had about eight tenths yes i do have my gauge out um and it's basically rained all day um sometime here after uh uh later this evening it changes to snow and of course i think everybody's probably going to get their turn Uh, there's a pretty good belt though here uh where we're going to get um, some really significant precip, Um you know, we're kind of in the 10, 12, 14 inch range. Uh, where I sit is basically kind of equidistant between Sioux City and Sioux Falls. Um and then a bunch of wind. Uh, friends of mine, customers of mine, uh, out west, uh, have been just devastated already, uh, by the effects of this, uh, rain, uh, snow, uh, as they're trying to calve. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm sympathetic to anybody that's got livestock, uh, especially if they're outside, obviously.
0: Well, my question is, what is this going to do to the cattle market? Um, we're going to get, you guys have gotten the rain, we're supposed to get that combination, then it turns to snow. Not conducive for, for cow-calf pairs, not conducive for, for those animals in the feedlot as well.
1: Well, no, I, certainly not. You know, I, it, it takes... <laughs> There's been two times where there was a significant enough storm to, to probably actually impact feeder cattle futures or the overall supply of calves in my memory. One was in 1986, one was in 2013. Uh, but you know, generally what I, you know, other than that, which is obviously very severe if you're a cow cap man, but what you're gonna get, uh, <clears throat> in the cattle belt is, is the effect of see that conditions like this where it's super muddy and then throw a bunch of more snow on it uh you know it's it's the uh, it's the, the weight loss the inability to grow, you know, you know, maybe going to lose a few, but any even, but the, you know, the biggest thing is this, uh, you know, basically standstill or going backwards that these cattle are in a packer isn't going to want to buy these cattle very well either because they're not going to have any yield because they're going to be carrying all the mud. The producer's not going to want to sell them because he's going to try to get a little bloom back on them. I, I just think next week, at least in the north, uh, things are going to be pretty snug, you know, um, now. If you got some confinement kind of cattle that are going to be able to stay up out of the weather, those kind of cattle are going to probably bring a pretty nice premium next week, I would think.
0: You can talk about those, those higher numbers for next week. Of course, it waited until after the market's closed today to see any sort of real cash activity. You expect that positive to continue?
1: Well, it's funny that you uh, – good question, Susan. It's funny that you ask it. Just at this moment, I'm just getting a text now that 122 has been paid by a major in western Nebraska. Um, yeah, Coincidental that it happens after the close. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the uh, uh, the most I've heard I've heard some rumors that there's 192 to a regional up here in Iowa that I'm not able to confirm. 121, I'm almost certain has happened. Um, you know, of course, the Packers going to try to defend his turf. You know, and, and, and wait as long as he can. You know, so that he doesn't have to broadcast the, the stronger cash. So it's a long time till Monday. Um, we'll see. I would think even at that though, unless unless something's really different you would think the futures would have a, a decent reaction to that at least the front end of the market as you saw today, uh, this week's action was really dominated by the front spreads uh, there was a time early in the week on Monday when when April was 9 9.05 over nine dollars and5 cents over the August and by the end of the trade today we were uh, like 1230 over so that spread changed like uh, over three uh, almost well, oh yeah over three dollars that's quite a that's quite a move on a cattle spread
0: well, we're all waiting for some decent weather because who wants to grow when you've got snow on the ground and have to clean off the you know your deck to be able to enjoy that beef and i'm sure this weather as crazy as it's been going into spring has had to have some sort of effect on the movement um, of that wheat counter
1: again I, uh, thank you for you know that that takes us right into the other side of the market you know we've been talking about the uh, well, effectively the supply side of the market with the weather and the weight loss and and and, and all the rest um but the other side of the market of course is the demand now demand <clears throat> i would say first of all generally I, I wouldn't want anybody to think that i don't think demand is good because demand is good but you know the the, the domestic situation because of the weather <clears throat> the east coast has had a couple of real tough weekends this year three of them maybe um now actually it would look like maybe this the coasts this weekend are a little better um But, yeah, I don't suppose uh, many of us are going to go out for a steak tonight or tomorrow. Um, But it's April, okay? Um, It will get warmer. Um, Mother's Day is still, last time I checked, on the calendar. Which, by the way, the Mother's Day weekend is the largest beef feature of the entire year. Little known fact. Um, So we are going to go into a time where... <clears throat> I can say with a with a high level of confidence at least that the next move a significant move on the beef is going to be higher uh usually starts in the back half of April carries into May now, just because the backer's making all kinds of money, which he is there's no still no guarantee that he's willing to share that with us unless we can get and stay good and current like we did last year. So my encouragement would be let 's get these cattle weights down let 's get current and, and, and see if we can enjoy a little bit of a better than expected May and June like we had last year.
0: Some exciting news for pork producers in Argentina. Is that going to have a blip on the market?
1: Well, it sure seemed like it helped a little today. You know, Joe and I both looked at each other and goes, "Is this a big enough deal? You think?" Uh, if anybody hasn't heard, Argentina opened up uh, back, opened up to pork after I don't know what Joe said is like twenty some years or thirty years or
0: nineteen
1: ninety two. There you go. By itself maybe you know exclusive to that maybe not uh you know but it was helpful and and i think the other thing and i wish i could give you something a little more tangible here but um this is what we're hearing we're hearing that there's a very very strong chance that we will have some good news out of the nafta negotiations very soon days pardon me days rather than Rather than weeks. so I, I, I think that was part of the rally on the on the hogs, and it might even help cattle a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but I certainly think that that was some of the the, the, the improved tone and attitude uh, on the hogs. That there seems to be more of a okay, looks like you know the sun will come up on Mexico. All
0: right, stick around, folks. We got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Friday the 13th, we wish we could blame that for the way we saw some of these markets trade as Brad Coyman continues, continues to join us with Coyman K-Mig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Question for you, this weather map that we talked about in the first half of the final bell, is it playing a little bit of a factor in the way we saw the grains trade today?
1: Well, it is, and it's. it's you know, I say that a little bit with you know, um, tongue-in-cheek. Because I'm sure you're going to have a listener that's going to right away go, like, yeah, really? You know, don't they know we should be planting corn? Um, the, uh, um, but it seemed like today the market was dominated by this moisture in the wheat belt, which has been so long since they've had any moisture in the wheat belt, I kind of happened kind of to smile too, because it was kind of like, really, that makes a difference on Kansas City wheat, which is the winter wheat, which they have told me 10 times is all dead by now, but anyway, um, <clears throat> the, um, the, the negativity, I think, from the from the moisture standpoint, I would certainly be one of the first people to say that, you know, um, uh, at some point you would wonder whether or not a delayed planting story might still come to the top of the pile here relative to the to the corn. Um, you know, I I I'd like to come up with something that really was useful and clever for the people that are listening on the grain, Susan. I I um. I guess I don't have to look any of you in the eye, so I, I'm going to, you know, I, I mean this a little bit, you know, with all due respect, but this is the time of year where we typically get a rally. This is the time of year where some of the old timers used to call it the incentive to plant rally. Uh, you know, we always would get into this time frame, look at the last three years in particular, uh, where, oh, no, it's too wet, hot, too cold, too dry, too whatever uh and uh and, and and there's a lot of years certainly the last three where this is an opportunity that was worth taking in other words to do some pricing here Now, do them all of course not but but I don't know I think corn at 410 and I think the beans up here at this 1050 level if I was a a, a, a grain farmer and i do and i am uh, i i would i would have a start here now I, one of the things that troubles me a little bit about the long term of the deal is to me that, that 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 planting intentions number that we that's about two weeks old those numbers didn't add up to me or anyone else there's a bunch of acres that looks to me like it's going to get planted as something uh and i, I think that's going to kind of hang over the market's head uh you know right now we're, we're not so worried about blowing up uh, our, our trade partner in china but you know that's a deal that uh, i got a hunch is is not necessarily all the way out of the news yet so um yeah, you can't raise a crop on the 13th of April. I understand that. You can't lose one either. Um, uh, but I would use this kind of a move to certainly consider doing some marketing starts. Uh, and, and, and then, and then we'll, I guess we'll go from there as we, as we proceed into the season. We'll see what's how the weather acts.
0: Well, you asked me before we, we started the final bell if there was any producer questions. And I did get one that came across via text and and Tim is wondering with the way the current status is of the environment now he's not talking weather he put that in parentheses not the weather he's talking the trade you know the talk of us getting back into tpp we've got all these issues with china how much should he or a person think about marketing that new crop grain not knowing what the environment's going to be you know four or five months from now
1: well, that's a great question and, and insightful too. And I apologize. I'm glad that he brought that up. because TPP was uh, in the in the in the dialogue today, and it hasn't been um, since actually before the election, really almost. Um, um, <clears throat> I'm sympathetic. Um, I'm sympathetic to you know um, the uncertainty that's been created by um, the, the the anxiety with the whole trade thing now. He wants me to give him a good answer, though. I he, he, to the here's best your of prob- your
0: ability. Here's, he said,
1: "Well, yeah, I, and and I, I and he knows that you know fifty cents and what he's going to get here gets coffee, and that's all because I don't know uh, <laughs> either. You know, of course, um, uh, the stocks to use ratios on the on the beans is an overwhelmingly bad number. Okay, uh, historically." You know, so we we need to. <clears throat> it, it it takes an extra measure of better news to offset that. So first of all, that's going to give me a little bit of you know limited okay cost. Um, now, is there a little bit of room for 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 some improved trade? Um, I don't, to me, the TPP thing is a significant deal for beef and less significant deal for grapes, Uh, albeit it would be better if we had it. I I understand that completely. Perhaps the best, I'll I'll take the high road approach here and say, you know, with some uncertainty, with the ability to maybe improve trade relations, if that's where you're at, then I would maybe be more of a put buyer or something like that, or buying a put, selling a call, give yourself some upside potential but i i just can't help but have it stuck in my throat here the last three years that that this was the time of year that it would have benefited us to do a little bit but if you guy wants to be careful you know do something with an option strategy where at least you have a little upside potential
0: good good information if um as we get ready to wrap up this Fontenelle final bell for today uh best way if folks want to reach out talk to you some more get your insight because you're very strong in the in this cattle market and, and grains as well
1: well thank you for saying that it's it's uh, I'm 60. I've done this for 38 years, so uh, hopefully sometime I'll, I'll learn how it's supposed to go. I, I, I don't know. I appreciate the visit. Thanks for the plug. 800-358-3047. Thanks again.
0: That's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.